HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network's Let's uh, Sorry, Eat Your Words, and I'm your host Kathy Arway. Um, so it's you know a lot of times um, around this time of the year, folks are making their uh, New Year's resolutions if they haven't given up just yet, and trying to plow through. Um, a lot of that has to do with diet and nutrition. Um, who doesn't want to eat a little bit better each year? Start off the new year right. Um, so I've got a great book in front of me. Um, if I had to sort of summarize a lot of the health tips, nutrition, um, buzzwords that are going around, um, one word that I've seen come up a lot is the word bowl. The concept of putting a lot of really healthy stuff together in a colorful mixture in a bowl. And it's very flexible, easy to make. So this book I'm holding right now is called The Whole Bowl, Gluten-Free, Dairy-Free Soups and Stews. And it's a beautiful cookbook, and it's written by Rebecca Wood and co-writer Lita Scheintop. Lita, are you here? Yes, I am. Hey, thanks so much for joining. Thanks for inviting me. So, Lita, you've also written about cultured foods, that's fermented foods, um, for the home kitchen. Um, right. And you've been a chef um, and teacher at the Natural Gourmet Institute. Um, actually, I haven't been a teacher there. I, I studied oh, there. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So you trained there. Right. Um so this is a really exciting uh, book, and you're based in Brattleboro, Vermont. Is that correct? Right. I I was born and raised in New York, and I moved to Brattleboro five years ago. That's where I'm based. That's a cool city. I had the pleasure of passing through there once. Uh-huh. Uh, so um, okay, so I love the cookbook. It's so practical, so healthy, and I find it's um, so easy to make just for any level of cooks, but. Um, why do you think that, you know, the concept of making a soup or a stew, I, I think that a lot of people have a misperception that it's very difficult or it's time-consuming to make. And a lot of these recipes, it's like simmer for five minutes and taste for salt, and then you're done. <laughs> so 
I wonder how that came about. Do you have any idea? I'm not really sure how that came about mm-hmm. because maybe it it might have something to do with folks not really trusting their cooking intuition these days. I mean, some people do and some people don't. Um, it, it, it requires a bit of just being comfortable in the kitchen. I mean, you can follow Improvise. a recipe and, and have a great soup and great mm-hmm. stew, um, but to the concept of a soup to me is something that you put together sort of from your heart. You have yeah. something, you start with a great broth, and that, for me, that, that is what makes a great soup. And you really can't go it's wrong a little more with op- a great broth. Right. And it sounds feel- like, oh, sorry, <laughs> is it a little more open-ended then? Like you can, it's not like a strict set of rules? Right, yeah. right. We obviously we. I write cookbooks, and I love sharing my right. recipes. And a lot of people feel most comfortable following a recipe, and that's great. And then once you get comfortable with recipes, you can kind of branch out on your own and create variations. But I think the difference between using no stock or a weak stock and using a really strong stock is really what makes a soup. So when people feel like they don't make a good soup, I think it's all about the base that they're using. And we provide um, three different bases for for this, for soups for all the recipes in the book, a bone stock and a, a vegetarian stock and a, a kombu shiitake stock for more the more Asian-style soups. But, so those um, are like the basics, and then you can make all sorts of things from these. Yeah, and um, it's interesting that you asked that question off the bat. Um, it brings up a, a story that my my friend Sharon was she was making a soup um, that she followed. This was several years ago, and she followed the recipe um, exactly, and it tasted terrible, Ooh. and she couldn't figure it out why. And so we went through all the ingredients together, and what we figured out was she she used stock from a box and. Even though it was organic right. and it was all that, it just didn't have that kind of depth, and it it actually it actually ruined the soup. And I mean, it's a little bit of a strong yeah. statement to make, but and, you, and you'd it, actually paid money for that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's you'd think that you would get like a better product for for that, but actually, you, you're saying, and this book is really seeming to say that knowing these basics of stock is like everything in cooking. I, I feel like it is. And mm-hmm. a lot of times we make a, we have, we have stock going just about all the time because I have a slow cooker and I just throw in bones and keep making stock um, over and over again. And we'll, my husband and I will, when we're thinking of what we're going to eat, we might take out some of the stock. And if we have maybe some leftover pork from a roast, we'll shred that pork, put it in the soup, we might add some fish sauce and lime juice because we love Thai-style flavors mm. and add some mint, cilantro, whatever vegetables we have on hand and um, some hearty. kind of starch. It's... like um, We like rice noodles or some, any kind of starch you could use or mm-hmm. skip the starch. And then you have a meal. And, and it's a little bit different every time. Right, right, because you're adding all these different things that you might have, like the pork or leftover something. Right. Oh, that sounds like... A lot of fun too. Um, so, so you've written about cultured foods. Um, what sh- what got you inspired, and what do you think is like the main message of this book that of you're trying to bowl. get? Yeah, the, the whole bowl. Uh, the main mm-hmm. message is that you can create 
delicious soups and stews without using gluten and dairy. I mean, that's the theme of the book. Mm-hmm. And and foods that are really healing. And my collaboration with Rebecca Wood um, draws on her many years of being what I call a whole foods pioneer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wrote the Whole Foods Encyclopedia that's been in print for over 30 years. And she's she knows so much about the medicinal properties of food and um, a lot of the sidebars that are she's written um, are about what the foods can do for you and just really on a deep level, like the energetic properties of like food. Like how to digest certain mm-hmm. foods better. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so it, it, I feel really lucky to have collaborated with Rebecca because this is the first book that she's done in quite some time. And she's, she's really been in the forefront of a lot of, a lot of, um, different areas in the, in the natural foods world. She was the first to, write about quinoa in this country. She wrote a book called Quinoa the Supergrain quite a while back. And she was talking about trans fats and high fructose corn syrup before most people had heard of it. And so it, whenever a trend starts, I mean, she's really been doing it yeah, yeah. So <laughs> long before. And that's what I, I could sort of tell from all of these recipes. Um, they look very simple, but I think, that, you know, each each ingredient of them seems to play a very important part. They th- They look very thought out, like well uh, researched and just comes from a lot of wisdom about food in general. And and also very uh, worldly cultures thrown in there. Um, this book really takes you on a tour of, of like the world. I, I was wondering, did you guys just travel a lot or do you just have um, in your pocket, you know, it, well, it sounds from your anecdote that you like to make a little tie sometimes just every day and then, you know... What else is there? Preserved, preserved lemon. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, we both have a. Kombu. a yeah, we both have a, um, a an influence, strong Asian style influence, and um, it's not so much from traveling. Um, part of it for me comes from um, marrying an, an Indian man mm-hmm. who um, has. In, I have uh, several Indian style recipes in here, so Indian food is a big part of my life and. Um, just a shared love for for Asian Asian flavors, and we just think they're they make everything taste good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's so much you can do um, with just vegetables that you that you've shown in this book, um, which is really exciting. Because I mean, soups and stews to a lot of people mean heavy, you know, cream based or uh, meat based, um, and yes, you know, you you have meat in this. Book. It's not all about like you know vegan or vegetarian, but it's really complementing a lot of these flavors that you've thrown in, like ginger and um, herbs. Um, it, it's really a very, I guess, <laughs> colorful <laughs> look at throwing food together. Um, but um, you know, I'm I'm inspired by something as humble as soup, stew, and like a whole grain bowl with an assortment of vegetables around it because it is so healthy and yet it is so I guess like unpopular these days and I find that maybe like people on the go just aren't prepared to put something together in a bowl 
And a lot of our, you know, the American dinnerware says it all. Like we have a cereal bowl, this tiny thing, and we have a big plate. But there's no, mm-hmm. like, I mean, unless you have those nice fancy pasta bowls or rim soup bowls, um, which is not sort of everyone, something that everyone has. Um, it's hard to think of something like these recipes as a meal in traditional um, at least nowadays, it seems. Yeah, that's true. I mean, some of and some of them definitely are are dedicated kind of starters, but a lot of them are meals or can be bumped up into a meal with addition of a a grain or some some sort of more filling ingredient. But yeah, I'd like to see that come back into popularity because it's such a it's it's such an easy nourishing way to create meals. Right, um, rather than like, you know, a handheld sandwich on the go. It, it's just mm-hmm. it tends to not be able, unless it's like the really messy sandwich that you really don't want to carry on the go. Yeah. yeah. It's it's difficult to pack as much nutrition as you have in this soup and stew formu- formula. Yeah. Um, and so- even the, um, the, the rise in popularity of bone broth recently, like the way you were like describing that, this, this sort of fits in well with it because like the, the broth is in to-go cups, in paper to-go cups. Like mm-hmm. it's even that you're not, I, and I, I love that people are doing that, that that's being made available and it's a great alternative to coffee and <laughs> um, juices. Right. But, even that is like on the go. Now, what is it exactly about soup that helps you kind of? It's I know it's like infused with all these nutrients that you put in it um, from other ingredients, but doesn't it help you like absorb those vitamins better than just kind of chomping on each ingredient? Is that it correct? Is, yeah, it is more digestible if the mm-hmm. if a soup is is cooked well and or if it's blended. Those are definitely more digestible ways of, of eating food, and, and especially if your, your and energy is low. And, um, and because it's warm, does that help too? Or um, I mean, it depends on what kind of school you, you subscribe to, mm-hmm. I, I would say so. Um, and Rebecca has really um, would, she's in, in the, the, the school of um, really favoring cooked foods and warming foods to keep our adrenals um, healthy and um, to pass on a, a lot of the the raw foods and especially in the winter time. Yeah, um, there's some science behind that, right? It'll mm-hmm. it'll be quick, more quickly absorbed too. Yeah, maybe? like tea. You know, you drink tea and it's you immediately feel soothing. Um, yeah, feeling. So yeah. I, I love how you uh, wrote here. Um, that bean soup is more of a universal image of nurture than a loaf of bread. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it goes on to provide some tips about making bean soups. Um, But that is, that really struck me as uh, a true statement. And in this country, even, you know, we had all sorts of bean stews, pork and beans, baked beans, sort of, that's a sort of stewy thing. Um, Of course, you know, there's black bean soups, navy bean soups, um, and beans, you know, are, are very filling. They have carbs. They have protein. They're cheap. <laughs> but, again, it's that, you know, it's, it seems a little impractical to make. Um, but why, why more nutritious than a loaf of bread? Because I'm also thinking bread is difficult to make, but nobody really makes it, you know, at home. But why is it so much better for you than bread? Well, beans, you're getting 
protein. You're, you're getting uh, you're getting more sus- substance. You can have a meal or, around beans and add some vegetables, and you, you have a meal there. And a loaf of bread is is basically generally wheat, and um, unfortunately, most people are are not, or a lot of people are not digesting wheat very well these days mm-hmm. because of um, what's happening with our food system, degradation of the food system, and um, it's just, I, I can feel that directly. If I were to eat a piece of bread as opposed to a, a bowl, a of, bowl beans, of beans, yeah, just with a little olive oil and some sea salt on top, like, if you just, if you just picture yourself eating the, the two of them, like, which, which really would feel more nurturing. Kind of, um, Rebecca would say, use your felt sense to, mm-hmm. to, um, to discern which would be more, like how you more, feel afterwards, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, too. how you would be nurtured. There is something like very comforting about that image of like a steaming bowl of beans too, and it's so so humble and so so you know rustic. But yes, it does sound like super soothing and fill you up, satisfying. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to cut to a quick little com- commercial intro, and we'll be right back chatting more. Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Washed rind cheeses are a fairly recent addition to the repertoires of artisanal cheesemakers in the United States. These cheeses tend to be stinkier than other types and are often high on the list of connoisseurs. Now, Whole Foods Market has come up with one of their own. The raw cow's milk cheese made by Sprout Creek Farm in Poughkeepsie, New York, is washed with six-point ale from Red Hook, Brooklyn. The beige sticky rind deepens in color as it ages. The satiny ivory cheese within is mellow with a sweetly tangy bite and a grassy aroma. The current version features six-point diesel, which is in limited supply, so stop by and pick up some before it's gone. And point-of-origin cheese is sold exclusively at Whole Foods Market in New York, northern New Jersey, and Connecticut. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. All right, we're back chatting more with Lita Scheintaub. She's one of the authors of The Whole Bowl, Gluten-Free, Dairy-Free Soups and Stews. Um, So, Lita, I was wondering, um, you know, going through this, knowing um, a little bit more about your background and your husband's background and your your taste for Indian and Asian foods, I'm wondering if you helped contribute to a recipe that I find very interesting called pepper water with beef. Yes. Yeah, that's you. that, well, I, that's my husband, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's responsible for that recipe. And, yeah, that, that's um, a typical Anglo-Indian recipe. And my husband is Anglo-Indian. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's quite... It's uh, also I, known I as say, Rassam, is that correct? Rassam? I'm sorry? It's, it's also known as Rassam, this recipe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Go on, sorry. And <laughs> the, um, I have to say that is 
probably the most time-consuming, complicated recipe of, of the book. I okay. mean, it's not it's not terribly complicated, but it is it is quite multi-stepped, and I, mm-hmm. I love watching Nash make it because he's just um, there's just a lot of things going on in the kitchen, and huh. it's, it's it's fun to watch. I bet it uh, smells good All the good spices too. going around, and um, so the pepper water. Yeah, it's a it's a fun soup to eat because uh, as I wrote in the in the head note, it's a soup, but you serve it on a plate and you eat it with your fingers. So what? you make this, <laughs> <laughs> you you make a broth, um, a very strong flavorful broth that you can base you can base it on water or even better on a bone broth, mm-hmm. and um, and you add a lot of pepper. Um, and like other black, seasonings, black, and black pepper, black, corn, black pepper. Yeah, okay. this one's black pepper. Normally, there's cayenne pepper also. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and a lot of ginger. And uh, Nasha's mother says that she she'll always make it when she feels she's coming down with something. That's that's something you okay. really want to turn to. Right. Yeah, and it's uh, it just has so many flavors going on in it, and that and we cook beef um, separately, and that goes that is added to the finished soup. And you don't have to though; it could also be just served as a brothy soup. And okay. then you pour it over um, cooked rice, and then you dig in with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, it, it looks. I mean, you you said it was a lot of things, but you know, for for most, I mean, any anyone who's cooked a, a few Indian. Um, mm-hmm. dishes they're, they're familiar you know they got mustard seeds cumin seeds uh, mm-hmm. ginger and garlic so um, yeah that looks like something you could whip up for a cold day for sure yeah yeah and I think um, one thing that people tend to be intimidated by with Indian recipes is the long list of ingredients mm-hmm. and if you have a pantry set up with a bunch of spices like the spices that are in this recipe um, cream and black black mustard seeds, coriander and turmeric, and a bunch of others. Then it really makes the recipes so much less intimidating, and yeah, the I, technique is not all that difficult. Yeah, I, I have a very sort of haphazard way of of doing that with my spice cabinet too, of just sort of sectioning off <laughs> these whole whole spices like coriander seeds. Um, but yeah, it's it's very handy. Um, all right, so. Going on with more, I guess, cold weather or, you know, soups to make you feel better. You have a soup called cold quell soup, and um, it's supposed to help move your energy. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's one um, of Rebecca's soups that I mentioned. She really... To help your chi. Yeah, yeah. She, she has studied um, Chinese medicine, and um, she... she Recommends this one for a cold that mm-hmm. it, it it supports chi and blood circulation. With ginger, um, mustard greens too. With this the spiciness of them, I didn't. I never thought of that before. But yeah, that I can see how that could be very um, circulating, uh, supportive. Yeah, and this is one of the simpler soups too, and it, it'll just make you feel better. Right. It's just sort of mustard greens. You got some carrots, but the ginger in there. I bet gives it a lot of kick. Yeah, yeah, and the yam is comforting, and it's just a, an example of one of the recipes of um, using very simple ingredients, very simple. but in different ways that you might not have thought of before. Yeah, 
Um, so have you studied also a little bit of Chinese traditional medicine or Ayurvedic? Um, is that no, I, I haven't. I've, mm-hmm. I've just been exposed to through Rebecca and just just reading here and there, but not not anything that I've retained um, all that much. Just bits and pieces. Right, I've learned from Rebecca. You're, you're describing Yang there, so it sounded like you you have a pretty good grasp. <laughs> um, and I love some of these traditional, you know, American uh, soups and stews. Like you've got nettle soup with the poached eggs. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's American. It seems like a you know because it's a common weed, right? Like a backyard yeah. weed. Um, and then you also have this great recipe that I've never heard of. It's a dish called slum gullion. Right. <laughs> I don't know that one I... is, is Rebecca's. Um, she put that one together also. I When I first heard of that one, I thought that it was from uh, an, an Asian country and very exotic and right. turns out to be Irish-American, too. <laughs> How did it get that name? Slum? I don't know, actually. But it, it looks very um, kid-friendly. It's sort of like a macaroni um, bowl. Um, any kind of pasta, actually, you want, and um, a little bit of uh, a ground ground meat, a ground beef in this case. Um, yeah, very comforting, very very yeah. wintry. Yeah, I I think it's kind of a version of something um, some of us might have grown up with that you get out of a can, but it's like it's been made into something much more delicious. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I didn't grow up one. eating out of a can, but it if you know what I mean, like the ground meat and noodles, and it's just yeah. so, so simple, but it's you're using really high-level ingredients, and you're adding fresh mushrooms and mm. um, adding dulse flakes for, for flavor and for nutrition, and it's just... Super cozy. That's a good everyday yeah. sort of dinner. Yeah. I think um, even kids would like this. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, the cover... Um, the cover recipe was something that really intrigued me because it's, it's this beautiful sort of broth with a lot of green herbs in it. There looks to be some scallions in it, and then there's a lemon slice floating on top. But I uh, found the recipe. It is called May Day Stew. Uh, what is the concept behind that? Uh, is it a May Day sort of ritual or just like a spring sort of stew? Just a spring sort of stew. I mean, mm-hmm. we just like that name because it it coincides with the the season seasonality of those vegetables but but you could use it with other vegetables too yeah it's a it's a very uplifting soup slash stew um, that you cook the vegetables in you, you kind of sort of make a broth uh-huh. as you're going along and you you bring water to a boil and you add each vegetable individually, and you cook it until it's crisp, tender, and okay, like then you take it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, and you keep adding them to to a bowl, and when they're all done, you you the the soup is soup slash stew is done, and then you you use that the broth cooking broth as you know, the, as the broth. That is so smart. Um, I noticed you have all kinds of green vegetables here, like broccolini and asparagus. You know, very spring like. Um, in the in the spring, when asparagus are in season, a common way to cook them would be to blanch them and shock them in ice water. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, that blanching water turns a vibrant green. Yeah. And and then you, I feel personally very, very badly when I pour it out down the drain. Oh <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like this 
Yeah. Yeah, you, you, would, are... you, you don't need to pull it, pour it down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this recipe is really all about. So you blanch, you know, other things like little Hawkeye turnips, maybe fennel, carrots, um, some yeah. all kinds of cauliflower. Um, and, and then with that kind of leftover blanching liquid from all of it, it becomes the soup broth. I mean, it's so simple. Yeah. And you it. can take this concept and use it in in any way like like if you're just making the asparagus and you have that beautiful blanching liquid you can just pour it into a mug and season it a little and oh. drink it sort of like asparagus tea we could all yeah. have actually yeah. it, it doesn't even taste bad too i mean just when it's slightly um uh you know when a when a vegetable has slightly infused water and you really don't need that much yeah pot liquor <laughs> All right, so so anything you're cooking this weekend you can divulge? Um, I'm testing some recipes, actually, for uh, a book called uh, Decolonize Your Diet. Decolonize. I'm sure they, yeah, I'm sure they wouldn't mind me mentioning that. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, um, and I have to look up their full names. Okay, <laughs> so you're um, recipe testing for, for a new cookbook? Yeah, they're... Um, really great recipes, just, just a handful of recipes that they want to make sure are um, in top form before they, they go out, a few baking recipes. And I made a calendula cornbread mm. this morning, which was delicious. Mm. And that I'm making calendula, a calendula, whoa, so that's like a, an herb or flour? Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's a flour. And I've never cooked with it before. It, it has a, a little, um, like, tart, astringent taste. Okay a different kind of flavor it's very, it's kind of subtle and cornbread that's that sounds amazing yeah and Never i'm candying pumpkin oh wow so like yeah. little little strips like a it's, no they're big pieces of pumpkin oh and um so we'll see in a couple of days i've never heard that of that that out. sounds both of those things sound really exciting um so uh is there any favorite piece of, you know, like any tip um, you can give us about trying to eat better for this year? Well, I would say um, at the risk of sounding really trendy to start a a bone broth habit and um, get a a slow cooker. Okay. Because, I mean, most people in New York or or whoever, anywhere really, are going to be going out to a job and can't sit by the stove all day and watch your bones cook in yeah stock. it takes a long time too you don't want to like yeah stick yeah, so, stay at home all day while that's happening. right yeah i get to do that but <laughs> does. um oh, so what kind of bones tala sorry what kind of bones what sort of get? bones yeah like oh any bones that you like um if if it's fish bones that that's a quick stock that like that's a 45 minute kind of stock but other than that you can use chicken bones pork bones beef bones um lamb bones and i just i save them up and as i have a meal I and see. i put them in the freezer and once i have enough like um, three pounds worth or so and i i put them into the, the slow cooker add water add a splash of vinegar and oh. some seasonings maybe some kombu seaweed mm-hmm. and cook it for 12 to 24 hours and I use that, I, I drink it out of teacups, and I use it as a base for 
all of my soups and stews and mm-hmm. and other dishes. And I I think that's would be a great way to start the new year. I've I've um, convinced a few friends to do it, and they've been really happy about it. And um, it just makes it elevates your your cooking and. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel good, and it's but it's. I bet it's super nourishing too. You get like yeah, it, bone, it really it, it's super nourishing. And, wow, yeah. perfect for winter. All right, yeah. well, thanks so much for your tips, and um, love the new book. Everyone, check out the whole bowl by Rebecca Wood and Lita Scheintob, and hope to keep posted on on other books you're working on come, to come. And so, thank thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Lita, and thanks everyone at Heritage. We'll see you next week on Eat Your Words. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. I want to testify.